Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of TD Talks 1, a brand new podcast that talks about the whole football and world, whether that be rebuilding clubs, transfers, players to watch out, especially with the Euros coming up. We'll be talking, there'll be a few episodes where we talk about some players that are doing well. And today I'm really excited to bring a rebuilding episode, talking about last season as well, about Arsenal Football Club. And I'm delighted to say I've got Hamza here. Firstly, Hamza, thanks for coming on, mate. And how are you? No problem. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. You? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, let's get on with it. Eh? Let's talk about your club, Arsenal. So last season, it wasn't the best of seasons for Arsenal. If we're, if we're being truth, truthful to ourselves here, you finished eighth on 61 points, winning 18 games, drawing seven and lost 13. It started yeah. off quite well, did you think, Hamza? There was a few good results at the start of the season, then it started to drift off. What's your What's your overall opinion on how Arsenal did last year? Yeah, so overall it was a poor season. There was we started quite good. I remember one of the early results we beat uh, United at Old Trafford, which for me when I saw that game I was really confident of a of a top four finish. Uh, but then afterwards it came kind of crashing down October to December period, um, and that kind of period I'd say I don't think I've ever seen Arsenal that bad in like eleven twelve years of watching them. Um, and then New Year comes around. Uh, for Christmas, we had Smith Rowe back from injury, which did see us uh, a turn in form. Uh, plus also Odegaard, the signing of him, did also help improve us uh, going forward, uh, start to score more goals. But I think by that point, it was again, too little too late because top four was already out of our reach. Yeah, I agree. Um I remember there was a game, we came to Goodison Park, my team, Everton, and we beat you 2-1, and it was like, you kept, it just summed Arsenal up, that game, where you'd keep the ball well, but you didn't really have any attacking intent. I don't know if you agree with me there, Hamza, but it was just really lethargic on the ball, not trying to get forward, and you didn't really seem to cause any issues, and I think that just was Arsenal summed up, don't you agree? Yeah, there was a lot of games like that throughout the season where we'd dominate possession, but we we never kind of created enough, like not really threatening the goalkeeper and like the team opposite team will set up with a deep block and they'll just deal with Arsenal easily. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There was a, I mean, the signing of Odegaard did help slightly. You brought in that creative number ten. You scored a lot more goals. I remember the West Ham game. You were three 0 down and second half Odegaard really grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck, created chances, and it was what Arsenal kind of lacked at the start of the season. But if we talk yeah. about here, you won the Community Shield. You know, you win the Community Shield against Manchester City. Liverpool. What are your thoughts? Oh, Liverpool. Um, I thought it was Man- oh, that was the FA Cup, wasn't it? Man City, you beat them in no, the um, semi-final. Uh, you beat them in the semi-final. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, and then Chelsea um, final. Oh, no, sorry, I've got Liverpool written down here. Um, <laughs> City's another cup where they beat you. Sorry, my bad. So you beat Liverpool in the Community Shield. Yeah. How do you feel you beat them? You know, after how good they were last season, surely a bit of confidence in, after that game. Yeah, definitely. Like I remember that game, Aubameyang's goal, uh, where he cut in across the right back, bended it in top corner. I expected big, big things from Aubameyang, and I'd say he was the one player in the whole Arsenal team that I think, yeah, you know what, he's bagging twenty league goals, and I was surprised at how his season went in particular. 
Um, and I think that's kind of sums up how Arsenal season went, the way he's kind of regressed. It's it's had a big impact on us. No, yeah. Do you think Arteta may have got it wrong with Aubameyang in terms of playing him when he was in a really bad run of form, starting him on the left wing where he didn't look comfortable at times? Do you think that could have hindered you a bit this season? Yeah, definitely. I'd say the thing is with Aubameyang is if he doesn't contribute to a goal, like score or assist, he he doesn't really do anything. He's not a t- like a trying to think of someone else, like a Saka type player who who can influence a game without getting contributions. Um so for me the best position for Aubameyang is is up front because he's he's a lethal finisher. No, oh, yeah, I agree. I remember I think it was the season before this one where it, it was it, he came joint top, didn't he, with Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane? Um Yeah, that was eighteen nineteen season. Yeah. And he was clinical that year. I think he had a really high shot conversion rate. Uh, percentage yeah. that year and it was just surprising to see him drift off so much um, and I look at it you've got the Carabao Cup you get knocked out in the quarterfinal be Manchester City but that again was Man City being so good and a couple of goalkeeping errors from Runnison yeah um, but the one I want to talk about here the semi-final the Europa League against Villarreal I remember speaking to you that day especially the one at the Emirates you need the win and I talked about it before. It was just lethargic. You didn't look like you wanted to win. It was no threat. What was your thoughts? And could you? Have, what would you have liked to have done differently in that semi-final? Well, I think Arteta kind of experimenting with different formations was the problem. I remember the away game. We started Smith Rowe as a false nine. You know, I love the guy, but he's he's not a striker. He he's not a goal scorer. Um, when we've got players like Martinelli on the bench, Balogun on the bench, you know. Smith Rowe's not the option to put up front. Uh, the second leg you had, um, it was just like, like you said, lethargic. They didn't look like they wanted to score. No, not at all. And I think Villarreal were kind of shocked by that. They just sat off your all game. Uh, Emery, Emery obviously anticipated some sort of approach from Arsenal where you were going to come forward and it just never came. I don't really know what happened that game. So that was a massive disaster because you look at how bad Man United were in the final and you think, you know, if you were in that final because you've won the Europa League and you'd be talking about maybe a successful season instead of a relatively poor one. Yeah. I've got some losses down here in the uh, Premier League this year, which I just look at and look, for a club like Arsenal, they shouldn't be losing. And one that um, really sticks out for me is the six points of Wolves got over you this season. Uh, yeah. what's, your, what's your take on, especially that away game where, David Luiz got sent off that game for a really controversial record. And then Le- I think it was a burnt Leno error, wasn't it? And I feel like that's when Arsenal fans were just like, oh, here we go, it's, it's Arsenal all, all over again. Do you think that was a point where the season could have had a downfall? Yeah, well, I think for, with the, the first game, it was during that poor run. You know, we didn't, we weren't creating anything. You set up with a, uh, with a deep block at the Emirates and you're more or less guaranteed at least one point. Um and yeah, the uh, the away game it was uh, the individual mistake. Well, I don't know if you can call it a mistake with David Louise. We did dominate the game from the start, but yeah, it's just VAR. Um, yeah. Plus, also Leno coming out. We've made a lot of individual errors actually throughout the season, which have cost us. I remember Burnley home and away. 
Um, Shaka, both times actually. Uh, he got a red card for putting his hands on his opponent's throat, and in the other one, he playing out from the back, he passed it straight to Chris Wood. So it's just those little mistakes. I think if we cut them out, we could have even got top four. We only finished a couple of wins off. Yeah, yeah. Even um, again, my team. I remember when we came to the Emirates. It was a really close game, and it was another individual hour from Leno. Do you think selling Emmy Martinez was a correct decision? Do you think he is Leno is the better keeper, or I personally think Martinez is the better keeper of the two? Um, what's your take on selling Martinez and Leno's costly errors this season? Yeah, looking back, with the way we want to play under Arteta, it's, it's clear we're going for that playing out from the back style. And Leno's just not the keeper for that. Like, you look at Edison over at City, he's one of the best keepers in the world for using his feet. Leno is just horrendous when it comes to playing out from the back. And I think Martinez would have been the much better option for, for that style of play. Yeah, definitely I agree with that, Hamza. So, hopefully... um. Arsenal can look to improve this season, not too much, because I don't want you to uh, finish us above <laughs> us again. Uh, it was quite unfortunate what happened to us on the last day of the season, but uh, we're not here to talk about Everton, otherwise you could be here for hours with me. Um, <laughs> swiftly moving on, still talking about last season, but on more on an individual basis, I think it's quite a clear answer, but we've got to go through the question. Who, who was your player of the year? Yeah, Bukayo Saka. Uh, for me, there was only two contenders for that, either Smithrow or Saka. Um, it was fan-voted and Smithrow didn't get top three, which I thought was really harsh. But um, yeah, uh, Saka, 17 goals and assists, uh, 10 assists, 7 goals, um, You know, carried us for large parts of the season, uh, especially through that horrific run we were on. You know, He was one of the star players that got us out of it, started winning games again. Um, and his link up with Smith Rowe has been phenomenal. Yeah, I'm, I've been really impressed with the power of him this season. Um, Smith Rowe, I like the way he gets the ball in the off turn. He looks to drive forward and get in between opposition lines. It's something that Arsenal did miss a bit. And I think I've seen somewhere, was it around when Smith Rowe got introduced back in the team? You came second in the form table, form table for the rest of the season or something crazy. Yeah, so his first game back was Boxing Day. We played Chelsea and we beat them 3-1. And that was Smithrow's first game back from a shoulder problem. Um, and yeah, from that game for the rest of the season in the Premier League, only City got more points than us. Yeah, I, I thought that was quite mental because even after that game, there was a, quite a few points dropped. But, I mean, he's been really good through this season, but... Of course, Bakayo Saka won the player of the year. Standout player for Arsenal, as you said, 17 goal contributions. But I think it's his versatility that makes him stand out the most. He can play right wing, played on the left for England the other night and got man of the match. Can play yeah. left back, can play as a 10. Can play, I think I've seen him play as a box-to-box midfielder in a, one game or two. Do you think yeah. he is the future for Arsenal, the main man, the, the face of Arsenal for the years to come? Or do you think that could be someone like a Smith Rowe or a Gabriel Martinelli? Um, I think all three of them, to be honest, they can form a uh, a partnership there. So I can see Smithrow being on the left, Martinelli in the middle, and Saka on the right as kind of a, a future kind of front three. Yeah, I think that, would, that could work quite well, to be honest. Obviously, as we get late into the episode where we talk about signings, a new striker 
would be at the top of that. Hopefully, a younger striker as Abamyang is getting older, Lacazette's getting older, they're losing value. Whether Arsenal want to cash in or not, another yeah. name that I want to bring up. He didn't start off the season particularly well, but as it got towards the end, and you were trying to make a late push for Europe, I thought Nicholas Pepe stood out a lot. You know, this season, uh, twenty-one goal contributions, sixteen goals, five assists, and I just remember that Palace away game where he gets the ball and he dribbles in and out defence and slots in the bottom corner, and it reminded me of when he was at Lille, where he was playing with confidence and no fear. Do you think Pepe could be the star man next year, or? Is it is he one of them where he's a confidence player and he he may have he may have a few games where he's bad and then two or three games where he's good? What's your take on Nicolas Pepe, especially towards that last bit of the season? Yeah, I think that kind of sums up Pepe's Arsenal career. That he's he's had his moments where he's shown flashes of brilliance uh, with his dribbling, his pace, his finishing, uh, but then he also has those brief spells where he might go a couple of games without really doing anything. Um, I think, yeah, next season he can be that star player, but it's just about finding that consistency. Um, Arteta, you know, he's started players like Willian over him. Willian could be leaving in the summer, so I think that might kind of starting more matches because I think he only started around, I think it was 24, 25 league matches this season. Uh, yeah, that's a big thing with players like Nicholas Pepper. You want that Assurance, your reassurance from the manager where you're playing week in, week out. It helps with the confidence and he was cemented that starting spot towards the end of the season and you could see him shine. I wanna I wanna, you know, talk about Gabriel Magalhaes. Some critics of him this season, some praise of him as well, rightly yeah. so, in games where he has looked really good. Really remember the start of the season I was talking of him being on form, the best centre back in the league. Um I remember watching him at Lille and him and Jose Font had a really good partnership, especially with him being left-footed. He had a fine balance. You know, Everton were after him as well. We ended up with Ben Godfrey. You know, I'm quite happy with having Godfrey, but Gabriel was a good signing. What, what, how do you think Gabriel's first season went as an Arsenal player? Do you think it could have been better? Do you think it was content? Was it bad? What, what's your thoughts on Gabriel Magalhaes? I think... It- it was good considering some of the factors into it. I think he's a brilliant centre-back with a lot of potential and he, he does have world-class uh, potential. Um, I think what the issue is, is well, the first thing is his language barrier and I think pl- playing next to players that are shouldn't be at Arsenal, to be honest. Um, when he's played next to David Luiz, who's looked solid, you know, they're both Brazilian-speaking Um when he's with players like Rob Holding and Callum Chambers, I think there's a bit of a language barrier. Um, we do have William Saliba coming in. Saliba and Gabriel, you know, they'll both be French-speaking, so I think th- them two could form a, a really good partnership. Yeah, that'll be a very interesting partnership. Quite a young one as well. Saliba coming around 20 years old, I think, around there. Gabriel, yeah. 23 years old. That That could be a good back line for years to come, especially with the likes of Kieran Tierney, who's still quite young. A new right-back, I presume, will come in this summer, relatively young. Yeah. It's important that and Arteta, I think, does understand that he knows some of those Arsenal players are ageing and he wants to build a foundation of young players, especially from the Hale end. I've seen it talk about a lot. The likes of Aziz coming through, Balogun's just signed a new long-term contract. But then there's been some youngsters like Reese Nelson who's fallen out of favour. Where do you think 
his future lies at lies at Arsenal? Could he go back to Germany where he had a good time at Hoffenheim? Where, where does his future lie for you, Hamza? So, well, I did. I, when I was following the transfer window for Arsenal last year, what I saw was Arteta told Nelson he doesn't. He isn't going to be starting that many games. And this is also the same thing he told him in January. He's not really going to be starting, and he should look for a loan spell away. However, Nelson said he wanted to fight for his place and stay at Arsenal. Um, so it's a bit of a tough one to be honest. I, I do quite like Nelson. I do think he's got a lot of potential. He was showing it under Wenger and Emery previously in like Europa League group games as well as uh, Carabao Cup games. Um, and I think he, as well as in the Bundesliga in that brief spell in uh, Hoffenheim, um, I do think he 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 can reach like maybe soccer levels. But it's just about you know is can he start? Will he start over Pepe? You know we've got other wingers as well, uh, Saka, Smithrow, etc. I just don't really see him like starting over those players. Yeah, I agree. I do think Rhys Nelson really should have took that opportunity to go whether it was a loan, whether it was a permanent deal. And I think, again, we're going to talk about transfers later on. I had Reese Nelson on someone to permanently sell. I just don't really think he's going to break through those players. There's some really talented wingers and central players at Arsenal. You know, you've got your Pepe Martinelli, Bakayo Saka, of course, Smith Rowe. And I just don't see where he fits in all of that. But swiftly moving on from the players you sold out, you know, we talk about Saka, Smith Rowe and all that. Fantastic seasons, but Let's talk about the manager, Mikel Arteta. Came in after um, Unai Emery. Sort of disappointed, even though he had some good wins behind him. How do you think Arteta's time at Arsenal has been? You know, he's won you the FA Cup. He's won you the Community Shield. But he's never really delivered in the league. Would you think that's a fair assessment where he has been quite underwhelming in the league? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I said earlier, my, my kind of hopes for this season were, were top four. Um, and I think some of it, I'd say, is kind of out of his control. Um, you look at the whole, you know, not having a 10 Ozil controversy. Um, I think Edu and the board did fail in not bringing, bringing, replacing Ozil's uh, creativity and bringing in a new creator. We were strongly linked with um, AOR from Leon, but that kind of never happened. Um, so I think not signing a creator is what caused us to have that terrible spell just before Christmas. And I think, you know, whether that's... Well, Arteta's kind of said it was footballing reasons, but it definitely wasn't. And I think, yeah, it's either Arteta's or Edu's fault for kind of not including um, Ozil. Yeah, I mean... An influence looks like Mesut Ozil. I kind of feel like he makes people play better, just him being on the pitch at times, you know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's, he was unbelievable on his day, but draw, drawing the end of that uh, controversial, whether it was football-related, politics-related, we won't go too much into that because there is, as I said, quite a lot of controversy. He did seem like he wanted to play, but it, Arteta just didn't... It wasn't there, was it? There was no respect barrier between the two, and yeah. I kind of do think that was a downfall for Mikel Arteta, where I think even a big manager, a yeah. big name, if you had got Carlo Ancelotti, who you were linked with before, if you had brought in Allegri, they would have struggled with that situation. So it is kind of hard for a novice manager like Mikel Arteta, but 
the main questionnaire is it splits the fan base. This, you know, it's either you're in or you're out. Are yeah. you all Tata in or are you all Mikel or Tata out? What are your for reasons now, as well? For now, I'd say I'm Arteta in and I'd say he's got this season to kind of prove himself in the league. And I think if he doesn't get top four for me this season, then I'd say I'd, I'd want him gone. Um, you know, with some of the names we're linked with this summer, um, now that he does have, you know, Smith fit, potentially another creator coming in, uh, who we've been linked with, I think we should be looking at a top four finish now. Um, you, you look at the form; he, you know, second in the league since Smithrow came in. I think you know if we keep that sort of form going, we should get at you know. I'm expecting fourth this season. Yeah, I mean it's not an unrealistic shout, as you said earlier on. You didn't finish that far off fourth. It was, I think, was it six to eight six points, points behind. Yeah, you know, and you look at some of the losses, as you said, the the six points at the Wolves. The draw at Fulham, uh, I say at Fulham, Fulham did draw to at the Emirates. The Villa lost the 3-0. There's, there's some games there where you look at and you go, Arsenal should not be losing them. And if you can just bridge the gap there, it's on for you because fourth position this year was really shaky. I remember Everton being in there at some point. Leicester looked like they could have slipped out. Chelsea looked like they could have slipped in and around there. Liverpool were fighting amongst their people were Tottenham as well they were just no one really cemented a fourth spot and you put Arsenal into the question there if you make the right signings this year and Arteta does get it right and he does break into the top four again he will be deservedly so to be the Arsenal manager he's managed to break that gap um, there is pros and cons as you said with Arteta being a manager I've got you know bad losses is a bad thing for Arteta which maybe you could take him out get a new one in but it's just the intensity, I think, worries me with Arteta with, in games where you need to win. Obviously, before we talked about the semi-final, no intensity. Even though a game against Southampton in the FA Cup, you know, you were holders of the FA Cup. You don't really go out in the fourth round in the manner you did. Do you think maybe if Arteta wants to succeed, he needs a new fresh of life in that midfield where... It needs to be more energetic players with high intensity, play the ball quickly. Instead of players like Granite Shaka, who likes to take the time on the ball and slow things down. Yeah, that's right. I mean, as bad as Arteta has been, some of these players can only perform to a certain level, which won't get us into the top four. There's just certain players, like you mentioned, Shaka. I really don't like him. I think he needs selling in the summer, as well as quite a few others. Um, and I think once we do get those new players in, um, I think the, the intensity levels will be a lot better. Yeah, definitely. But with, with positives of being Arteta as your manager, I think what keeps him there is the fact he did win your two trophies. I'm, I am right in saying you and I am, we failed to deliver a trophy at Arsenal. I know yeah. we got you to a Europa League final, but he failed to deliver one. So I feel like that's what keeps the fan base happy towards Arteta that he did bring in an FA Cup and a Community Shield. But I feel like the signings have got better under Arteta. You know, you signed Thomas Parsley, who's well-renowned as a box-to-box midfielder. Hasn't really lived up to it this season, but I do think if you get a solid six next to him, you will see the best out of him. You signed Gabriel Magalhaes. Was Kieran Tierney his sign? Or I think that was Unai Emery, wasn't it? That was Emery, yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's kind of shone under Arteta, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So you got that. 
sign, well, not signing the Tierney, but the introduction into the team and cementing a starting spot for him. I mean, William wasn't the best signing, let's be honest. But you have made some positive approaches in the transfer market. Um, do you think maybe like the age profile of who you're aiming for has changed as well? Yeah, I mean, the thing you mentioned with William, I think that was more of an, an Edu signing. You know, they're both Brazilian. I don't think that was someone that Arteta really wanted. Um, but yeah, I'd say going forward, I think, you know, the, a lot of the players that we are looking at, they are kind of early 20s. So they're kind, of, they're kind of looking to build the players on for the future. Yeah, especially with some of the players aging now, it is important that Edu and Arteta this season get it right. And now, whilst we're talking about age profiles and that, we're going to move on to what I've been looking forward to here from an Arsenal fan, the transfer section of who to sell, who to sign, what you want your squad to be like next year. So, I don't know if you have a list there, Hamza, but um, do you mind reeling off the names of players you want to sell and if you have any realistic values you'd sell them for? Yeah. Um, so, first of all, Leno... Uh, you know, we touched on it before. You know, he's a good shot stopper, but he's not the type of player that you want for playing out from the back. Uh, we have conceded a, quite a few goals this season from you know players mucking about when it comes to playing out from the back, giving the ball away easily. Um, Leno, I think realistically, we could probably get about fifteen million for him. Um, for Run Arson, I was thinking, you know. Do we sell him? Do we loan him? I think for now, I think we should probably loan him out uh, so he gets some regular first-team football. Um, Hector Bellerin, you know, he's not been good enough ever since he came back from his long-term injury. He did look good during kind of 2015, 2016, but long-term injuries, he seems to have like lost some of his pace and he just doesn't seem to be the player he used to be. Um, Hector Bellerin, I'd say we could probably get around 10 I push fifteen million for him. Uh, next player I'd sell Rob Holding. Um, very poor centre back. Uh, a lot of kind of inconsistent performances throughout the season. Again, similar kind of values. I'd say ten million for Rob Holding. Uh, Granite Shaka, just not good enough again for playing out from the back. Uh, very slow when it comes to uh, build up. Roma have been linked with him lately, and I think they're looking to spend around 15 to 20 million for him. Uh, so I'd say max 20 mil we can get for him. Uh, Willian, I think that'll be another 10 million or so. Eddie Nketiah, uh, I, I just think he's too much of a limited striker to be starting for us. You know, he's a good finisher, but he doesn't really offer anything else. His link up plays poor, his hold up plays poor. I'd say we could probably get around twenty million for him. He's still young. Uh, Kalazinac, um, that'd probably be about five million. Uh, Lucas Torreira, I was a big fan of Lucas Torreira uh, under Emery, but he did kind of, you know, Emery was trying to get him to play further up the pitch, which didn't work out for him. Um, you know, he's not he's not settled in England really well, so. I'd say he he's most likely going to be sold. I'd say we can probably get about 10, maybe 15 million for him. Uh, Gwenduze, you look at all the attitude problems, you know, falling out with Arteta. Um, I don't see him starting for us next season and I think he'd be another 20 million or so for him. 
Uh, and then just finally, Lacazette, um, who I think we should probably probably get about 25, 30 million for him. Interesting you put um, Alexander Lacazette there. Is there any particular reason why you'd want him going or is it that he's ageing and now's your time to cash in if you if he was to leave? Yeah, he's only got two years left on his deal. Um, he's with his age and I think it is time now to cash in and he never works really well, uh, well when he starts with Aubameyang. So for me, it's either one or the other. And Aubameyang, for me, is the much better finisher. So I'd prefer to have Aubameyang as a centre-forward over Lacazette. Uh, and Lacazette's not the type of player who's going to be happy with a, a rotation kind of role in the team. No, I agree. Especially with him dropping out the France squad quite a lot now, ever since he's been a rotational striker. Again, my um, selling players list is quite very similar to yours. I've got Leno in there, Bellerin. Gwen Doozy's a I want to talk about as well because I think he, he's got a lot of potential there, Gwen Doozy. I like the look of him when he plays. But as you said, it was that Brighton game, wasn't it, post-lockdown? Um, the Neil Moore pay incident. And, and that's where the attitude problems seem to stem from. I think he said something to Moore pay about, I earn more than you, which he didn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he said that. Um, even if you do earn more than someone, why bring it up? It's 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 cocky and arrogant. Xhaka, yeah. again, I, I did see Jose Mourinho wanted him. and I, I do feel like Italy's a good playing style for Granit Xhaka. You know, slow in the midfield take your time, try and dictate the play. And I just feel like players like Granit Xhaka, at my club, we have someone, we had Morgan Schneiderlin who tried to be like him, who, who was just horrendous. <laughs> um, they're too slow on the ball and you can't be like that in the Premier League, especially playing for high clubs like Arsenal. Because when you go to play your Chelsea away, your United away, Liverpool, you're going to get pressed. And Xhaka never really delivers in those games. I know he scored a really good goal against Chelsea this season, but just an, as an example, those type of games, you can't be slow on the ball. Terrera, yeah. another one. He went to Atletico Madrid, didn't he, on loan? And it's, it's not really worked out from there. Yeah, I he's, thought it was. he's not a starter. No, I mean, it's really hard to break into that midfield with Saul in there. And they just signed Marcus Llorente, who's been absolutely unbelievable for them this season. Um, again, I liked the look of him when he first came in. He was good. In the, I think it was the first derby he played him, wasn't it? And he scored. Yeah. And I thought that was the start of Terrera. You know, this this little pit bull on the midfield, they would fight. And it just, as you said, he hasn't settled. Maybe he was homesick, I don't know. But I think you could get a good sell-on value for Terrera. Um, Willian, again, don't think he's very good, to be honest. Um, I've got Reese Nelson in there. I've said that before. Again, I just don't think he's got a place at Arsenal. Um, With... I know... I know Nelson. we know someone who uh, loves Reese Nelson. I'm sure he'll be listening. Um, you know, he's, we know who we're talking about. Uh, I just don't think <laughs> yeah. he's got a place at Arsenal. I know he has got talent. I have seen Reese Nelson play. It's just some things aren't meant to be. And he's With Nelson, he should look at Willock, you know, how good he's done at Newcastle. And that should kind of motivate him to go out and get a loan to a maybe a, a, a lower kind of relegation Premier League side. Or maybe, you know, back in the Bundesliga where he did thrive. He should look at Willock and think to himself, you know, that's where I, that's the type that's how I wanna break into the Arsenal team by proving myself at a, a lower club. Yeah, I agree. And I think I was just gonna bring up Joe Willock and I was, I was just about to say, I think he's earned himself a stay at Arsenal now from going out on loan. Um 
going to Newcastle and there was talk of him breaking into the Euro squad. I think he had seven consecutive goals, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and it is good sometimes to just go to a lower team and be the main man. He, you know, he was their best player alongside Alan St. Maximin and Callum Wilson. And I think for that, he's, he's rightfully earned a place in the Arsenal squad next year. And I think I'd like to think Reese Nelson looks at Joe Willock, you know, the similar age, both London lads. Uh, and you go, I want a bit of that. I want to go out and learn and make a name for myself and come back and play for the club that I want to play for. So I think Reese Nelson should look to leave or go on loan. But I think you'll get a good spending budget regardless of what Cronkay puts in. I think Stan Cronkay will put more money in this year after the Super League malarkey. Uh, he'll try and win back the fans. But additional uh, fees I think you'll get from the... Uh, the selling players, don't you think? Yeah. Plus, also, there's been a lot of protests recently, um, especially after the Super League. Uh, a lot before, a lot of the Arsenal games have been protests for Kroenke out, and Kroenke has said himself, you know, he wants to repair the, the fan relationship. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what he does in the summer. Yeah, as I said, I think he will put more in. I think. A lot of the Super League clubs will this year, I think. FSG will at Liverpool. I think the Glaziers, well, you've seen Man United. I don't know if you've been looking at the news, but they've sped up with Trippier and Sancho. It looks like the Glaziers are interested in trying to win back the fans. I know they won't. I know Cronkay won't win back the fans at Arsenal, but they will try to at least. Um, going on to sign and players, I think Arsenal are going to sign quite a few players this summer as they look to rebuild the squad and push the top four. Do you mind giving out um, who you would look to sign if you're Arsenal and uh, what fees? Yeah. So, with two goalkeepers potentially leaving, Leno and Ronarsson, uh, the two goalkeepers I'd say we should bring in are Matt Ryan and Onana. Uh, Matt Ryan, you know, from Brighton, he's kind of fallen out of favour under Potter. Potter prefers to use Sanchez uh, as his main goalkeeper. Uh, and he does only have one year left on his contract, so I think you know he's good backup. Uh, I, I like you know the games he played, and I thought he was solid. Uh, so I'd say you know with only a year left on his deal, we should probably be able to get him for no more than I'd say about five million. Um, Onana, you know, very solid. I've I've seen him when it comes to playing out from the back. He's a lot better with his feet. Um, so I think he'd be the ideal player for for the playing out from the back style. Uh, with the whole incident regarding his pills, you know, he's not played in a long time. His transfer fee has has been lowered, and I think as low as like seven million, which is a really good price. Yeah, I agree. I've also put down Matt Ryan and uh, Owen Arna. Um I have seen the the links with Andrew Onana, seven million it will be. But what's the um, I haven't really looked into the case as much. Is is has he appealed it? Is will he be able to play earlier than he anticipated? What's what's the if you do sign Onana, when could you you'd be able to come to the starting eleven? Yeah, he just recently had his hearing and he's just waiting on uh, a result. Um, if I think worst case scenario, if it's unsuccessful, the earliest he can play would be like October time this year. That's not too bad. Yeah. So I think what's that about six games, seven league games, something like that? He'd probably yeah. miss worst case scenario. Well, he also got an international break in there as well, so he's not going to miss many at all. And you have got cup games, yeah, 
Um, obviously, I think Arsenal will sign more than two goalies. Have you? I look at right back as a place Arsenal need to sign. Yeah. Um, I've got two names written down. I think you know who they're going to be. I talk about them a lot. I think I might um, have the same names. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it now. It Riddle Baku. Oh no, I don't have him down. And I had Zeki Chelik. Yeah, I've got Chelik down. I think Chelik will come cheaper than Baku. Um, especially with Lil's financial mess, I think. As we just started recording this podcast, Sumari to Leicester is basically a done deal for under 20 million or something crazy. Um, and I think someone like Zeki Chelik will come at, come at about a fee of 10 to 12 million. Um, and for that price, I'd say do it. I'd love yeah. him at Everton. He's solid defensively. He's got great delivery. He's a good athlete. And he's established. He's just, he's just one of the league title in France. You know, he stood out in games against PSG and that. You can bring in that quality in terms of knowing what it takes to win the big games. And he brings that international experience representing Turkey, which Baku has experience, but it's in terms of under-21 football. I don't know if you watched him last night, but he put in a great assist for the Germany goal. Um, and I feel like they're quite different, Baku and Celik. I feel like Baku is a lot more athletic. He can play as a winger. Uh, really good, both-footed, can score a few goals. I think he's got six or seven goals this season, but I think he would come at 25 million, which I don't know if Arsenal want to prioritise right back as your main sign and sign maybe someone like a Zeki Celik and it frees up more funds. But yeah, I want to hear your opinion on it. You said you had Zeki Celik down. What, what do you think of him? Yeah, I think, you know, with the situation at Lille, I do think he'd be an affordable option around kind of 10 to 15 million. Um, and he's definitely a massive upgrade on our current options in, in Cedric and Bellerin. Um, the other right back I did have down, though, was the young lad at Ajax. Is that Maz Mazori, that's the one. He's only got one year left on his contract, and I think he'd be a similar sort of price tag around the kind of 10 to 15 million mark. Um, he, he yeah he could be another option to fill in, but I'd say Chelik is probably the the better one. Yeah, yeah, and you know as we were talking about before, it's interesting that Arsenal being linked to these young younger players. Where in recent times they may have gone to look for a twenty eight year old, they may have gone to look for a Kieran Trippier to come in, but Arteta has looked for a younger basis to touch on. Um, moving on from right back, I feel like as I said before, a six. Someone who's a ball winner in the midfield. There's a quite an obvious name. I feel like we're both having written down. Yeah. I've got Yves Basuma written down. Yeah. Um, got it around 30 million, 35 million. And a lot of Arsenal fans got upset. You didn't sign Emmy Buendia. Um, but I've also seen a lot of Arsenal fans like, right, let's go use that money and go sign Basuma, who. We lack a ball winner in that midfield. I'd rather we sign a ball winner first before a creative outlet and maybe go buy someone like an hour for 20 million. I don't know. But I'm guessing you've got Basuma written down and would you want him at Arsenal next year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Basuma, Basuma party midfield partnership would work really well. Um, you know, the, the amount of tackles and interceptions this guy makes, I think it'd be a brilliant option. Um, you know, we've recently been linked with Neves and I'm, I'm not convinced by Neves. I'd say Basuma would be the much better option. Yeah, I feel like with Neves, he's quite slow. I don't know if you think the same, but he's a good 
player. He's a bit like an Andre Gomez type player. I think obviously he's better than Andre Gomez. Not hard to be, but <laughs> um, he is that mould. If you can see where I'm coming from, where they like to get on the ball, spray long passes. Don't really like to tackle. They don't get themselves about, but they're quite classy on the ball. I mean, Andre Gomez used to be. He's got the. I'd rather you know a 19 year old play out of him. He's gone that, that, that so far down, but again, we'll move away from that. Um, I just don't think Neves would be the one for Arsenal, especially if you sell Xhaka, who's quite slow. There's no point bringing in another less yes. mobile midfielder when you can get a Basuma who can get himself about high stamina. He has really good pressing numbers, winning the ball back numbers. And every time I watch Basuma, I've been really impressed. And I feel like he, he deserves that next step up. And I think a club like Arsenal is perfect for him. You know, there was talk of Liverpool wanting him and. There's a lot of pressure when you go to Liverpool, especially with the likes of Henderson and Fabinho in that position. So I do think Arsenal is the perfect destination for Basuma. Yeah, he's good friends with Pepe, Basuma, so hopefully yeah. Pepe can bring him in. Um, uh, who else have you got down? I've got, uh, so for Hamza. the other midfield options, I've got uh, as like a uh, as like a number eight. Uh, you know, we're losing Ceballos, who for me, was a horrendous footballer. So we definitely need to upgrade on that side. So I'd say Aouaz, the number eight. And then also, as a creator, uh, Odegaard on another loan deal. Uh, we've also been linked with Brandt from Dortmund. But uh, to be honest, I'm not really convinced on Brandt. I think Odegaard on another loan deal uh, would probably be the better option. Yeah, and, he, and he's also know what the club's about and it won't take long for him to settle in obviously with him already being there so that could be a smart option I think Arteta said something about that today about negotiating with Real Madrid about him um, I would have liked to have seen someone like Matthias Pereira at Arsenal yeah. but it looks like he's going to Norwich now um, for quite a cheap fee I feel like he would work for Arsenal playing off the right cutting inside playing as a 10 but someone like I know the guard can do that, I suppose. Wouldn't be the worst option. Um are again, relatively cheap with Leon, failing to qualify. I don't think they qualify for any European football, did they? Or did they get the, the Europa I, I think League they might have got Europa League. I think they missed out. Because I remember I was watching that final game and it was Saliba that scored the winner to oh, send yeah. out of the yes. UCL spots. Yeah. I felt I don't know why I thought they missed out on Europe at all. I think they were close to. I know they definitely missed out on the Champions League because that's let it the pie going as well. But yeah, so you say you want obviously Parsi in there, Basuma and Awar. Does that suggest you want a four-three-three at Arsenal next year? Yeah, definitely. I'd say four-three-three would be kind of the way forward. Um, the only thing. The reason for Odegaard is because we might have to change formation a little bit because Af- with AFCON potentially happening, mm. um, we're gonna lose Bisuma and Party, so we might have to change to a like a four-two-three-one like we have been using recently. Yeah, and that's a good point you make with AFCON. I think a lot of teams are gonna look at that in terms of identifying players because Arsenal will lose a few more players, I'm presuming as well. Um, yeah, you've got Pepe, Bamiang. Some of your main players will be going there. So, will Anana be going as well with uh, Cameroon? I'm sure they would have qualified. Yeah, that's a possibility as well. Yes. Uh, I've also got a striker written down. Obviously, I'm not saying Arsenal are going to buy five players this summer. I'm not sure. I feel like they could. I don't know. But 
if you're looking at striker, I like them. They probably, I think they have been linked to this one. Dusan Vlahovic, Vlahovic from Fiorentina. The young, I've not uh, seen any links, to be honest. I think um, Arsenal, is it Eduardo? I can't say his last name. Chilean journalist for yeah. Arsenal. Oh, yeah, I know who you're referring to. Yes, um, he's talked about Dusan Vlahovic from Fiorentina, the young striker this season. I think he came joint fourth uh, for most goals in Serie A. He's a, he's a traditional number nine. I feel like clubs like Arsenal or if Harry Kane was to leave Tottenham, he'd be the bang on replacement to come in for those clubs and hit the ground running straight away. I really do rate Vlahovic, but I think he'd come in around 25, 30 million because Italy is in a bit of turmoil with uh, finances. I don't know if you have a striker written down. If you do, have you got anyone in mind? So, the striker, uh, from a striker point of view, I didn't write a striker down because my idea was sell Lacazette, have Aubameyang as the main centre-forward, and then we've got a couple of youngsters that can kind of come in for rotation. We're not in Europe anymore, so we don't need to. We don't need that much of depth. We've got Martinelli, who can play up front. Uh, we've got Balogun, you know, recently signed his long-term contract. Um, and then we've also got another young lad called Tyrese John-Jewels, so I think for me, those kind of three options as backup would be kind of more than sufficient. I would like to see how those, like TJJ and Balogun, how they do, you know, in, in League Cup games and FA Cup games. Uh, I do want to see those two get, get minutes in, in, in those cup competitions. Yeah, that'd be good to see the uh, academy come through. You know, he's up like a Balogun, he's just signed a new long-term deal and he's really thought of in the academy. I didn't think Arsenal will sign a striker this summer, but if they were to sign one, that's who I'd, uh, I'd aim for. Have you got anyone else written down or have you touched basis on everyone? Uh, for signings, that's everyone covered. Um, you know, from the midfield point of view, we'd be lo- losing Torreira, Guendouzi and Ceballos. So we're losing three. We're bringing ideally two in, being uh, Aoua and Bisuma. Uh, the only other thing I, I just wanted to say is that you know if the if the you know Afcon does happen, we lose out on party and Basuma. Uh, I do want to see youngsters involved more. We've got Miguel Aziz, uh, we've got Ainsley Maitland-Niles, we've got Joe Willock. Um, I do want to see those those players playing in those cup competitions. Yeah, and uh, I think Arsenal do need to go full not not full on strength in the early rounds, but play some high thought of highly rated youngsters. A name we haven't talked about on this, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Where does his future lie? Does it lie at Arsenal? Or does he does he look to leave for you? For me personally, I, I do like him as a player and I think we should keep him uh, because he is versatile. He His ideal position is centre-mid. Uh, he can fill in there, plus he can also f- fit in as a, as a full-back, either right or left. The only issue is I think there has been... A problem of attitude with Arteta, um, and Arteta doesn't seem to be a very like, forgiving kind of coach. Um, I think he did tell Arteta at one point that he didn't want to be a fullback anymore, uh, which is why players like Bellerin and, and Chambers have filled in a lot on why he went on loan to West Brom, uh, so he could start at centre mid. 
Uh, but yeah, I would I would personally like to see him stay. That was a good story that came out with Maitland Niles at West Brom. Um, they've been beaten. I can't remember who it was to, and they were fighting relegation. And um, he just got them all together and was demanding more. And they went and beat Chelsea five two the following week and made the late bid. And you you look at that and do Arsenal need more characters like that? And I think they do. Sometimes they do need to kick up the arse sometimes uh, to get yeah. going. So that's the transfers all wrapped up. Looks like Arsenal are in for a big summer. Uh, hopefully you get it right because I can't be bothered seeing Arsenal fans moaning again on the timeline <laughs> about the likes of Willian and all that. Um, hopefully you do get it right this summer. Maybe it will bring some, uh, just a new fresh DNA and a new identity into the club uh, and hopefully you do push for that top four. So moving on, next season, what are your predictions? Where do you think Arsenal going to finish? Well, I'd say... Ideally fourth, but I'd say the fourth or fifth. The way I see next season happening is um, I can see a, a, a title race between Chelsea, Liverpool and City. Liverpool is kind of depending on you know how well Van Dyke gets back. Yeah. Uh, it's a City-Liverpool-Chelsea title race, so them three will definitely get top three. And I think for the fourth place, it's up for grabs between us and United. Spurs, depending on their new manager. Um. I'd say those are the kind of two or three teams that'll be fighting out for top four, and I think we 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 with the players that we have been linked with, we can get that fourth spot. Yeah, do you think with Leicester being in Europe, that gives you a chance as well to kick on in the league? Yeah, because Leicester, like you look at them over the last couple of seasons, they've. They've kind of started well, but it's always that second half of the season that kind of lets them down. Um, they've got a bit of a thin squad, you know, they get a few injuries and, and the form has, has dipped. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Arsenal will look to obviously break into the top six. Um, interesting you didn't put Man United in the title charge. I'm presuming that's because their manager's only going to Solskjaer. Yeah, I'm not convinced by Ole. I don't, I don't see him being like a title race kind of manager. Um, with depending on you know some of their their window, I've seen like names like you know Harry Winks and Trippier. Uh, Trippier is a solid right back, but is Winks really an improvement on what they currently have? No, I don't think Harry Winks is very good at all. To be honest, um, if you're not good enough for Tottenham, how are you good enough for Man United? Um, who do you think is going to be the top? Uh, here's some like questions for about the club. Who do you think will be Arsenal's top goal scorer, best player, most improved player, and one to look out for? Um, best player, um, I'd say Smithrow. Um, Either Smith or Saka again, one of those two. Um, for the top goal scorer, it's a bit of a tough one. It depends on Aubameyang. If he does get his goal scoring form back, I'd say easily Aubameyang. But you know, if if he does carry on like he has been over this past year, I'd probably give it give top goal scorer to Pepe. Uh,
knew it, though. Yeah, yeah. I think it costs out a little bit, mate. Right. Um, with the one to look out for, I'd probably give that to Miguel Aziz. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I've heard about his name. He's improved in the uh, improved a lot over the last eighteen months. Technically, he's starting to look the real deal. Uh, I think next year is going to be the breakthrough for Miguel Aziz. Yeah, agreed. Um, and your most improved. Uh, most improved, I would give that to. I'm going to give it to Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Bit of a surprising one, but I'm hoping he can prove a lot of people wrong next season. Interesting, interesting. I'll, I'll have a top goal scorer. I think, as as you said, it's a tough one. I'll go with Bamiang now. I feel like it's a safe option. Last year was a bit of a blip in form. I think he'll come back next year. Nicolas Pepe is in a bad shout. He does seem to rack up quite a lot in uh, all competitions. Um, one to watch. I'm going to give it to Balogun. Um, I feel like if he gets a lot of runs in the uh, cup competitions, gets a few games in the Premier League where you play the likes of a Brentford in a pointless game where you can rest players and that, he could be something to look out for. Most improved. I know it's a big name, but I'm going to give it to Thomas Party. I feel like he's got a lot to improve on next year in terms of adapting to the pace of the Premier League. And I think if you sign Basuma, that will complement him and encourage him to get forward more and just get better, I suppose. It's what Arsenal need, that box-to-box midfielder. Yeah. And uh, your best player next year, I'll go with... Kyle Saka, I, I just feel like he's that good now. He's going to be the main head, and pe- teams will make individual tactics just for him. Uh, I don't think Arsenal have many players at the minute where you, you you're not you don't want to play against. If you know what I mean, where you're scared. The likes of Grealish was last night for England, that type of player, and I feel like Saka is that type for Arsenal. Teams will make tactics just for him to uh, get him out the game, but. Yeah, hopefully Arsenal can improve next season, Hamza, and uh, anything else you want to add? No. All right, that's it for the episode, everyone. Uh, thanks a lot, Hamza, for coming on. I've uh, really enjoyed listening to your opinions on Arsenal this season. I uh, hope to have you back on another episode where we talk about Arsenal or just football in general, mate. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on, Hamza. No problem.